Was there a moment where you realized that you can use magic to make computers do crazy things? I think that was actually the thing that drew me into it in the first place. I had a look at computers, be it in real life or in book form, and I just thought that just is a gateway to anything I can imagine. That was pretty much my most amazing, intuitive uh, explosion of, of correct thought that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that, that was pretty much the thing that kind of sparked my interest. One, where were you born? Sydney. Two, if you could master one skill you don't already have, what would it be? Uh, emotional intelligence. <laughs> Three. What sort of music do you like? Pretty much everything except for boring country and western. Four. What did you want to be when you were a kid? One of two things, either a software developer or an artist. Five. What book has influenced you most? A little book in the, my primary school library, Basic Programming. Six. When did you first use a computer? 1984. Seven. What is your job title? Senior consultant. Eight. What's your favourite app on your phone? The podcast app, followed up by Twitter. Nine. How long have you been at Redify? 13 years. Ten. What is your favourite dessert? Black sesame ice cream. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Khan Raja, and this is episode six of Getting to Know Our Redify Consultants. Early 85, I received my uh, first computer, and my mother was gracious enough to spend, I think, about 600 bucks, which is just an outrageous amount for the time, um, on an 8-bit computer. Luke Drum is a senior consultant at Redify. And she said, here, I have no idea what this does, but you seem to be interested in it. And I went, woo, <laughs> and uh, just started uh, bashing away code. I had no idea. He's based in Sydney, an author, a speaker, a coder, and he's passionate about building awesome software. Started creating uh, bad replicas of basically anything that inspired me. So if I saw a movie that had some sort of computer interface, I'd try and replicate that. I used to make up little, uh, you know, stories about um, space adventures, and those would happen to have on-screen graphics with little spaceships flying around and so forth. And slowly built upon that. Year 10, 11, 12, I got sent off to boarding school, which sounds really dramatic, um, but, but it actually rocked. <laughs> um, but um, as it turns out, this particular school was like a tiny little international co-ed boarding school. In that school, the uh, computing sciences teacher um, was really surprisingly advanced. Um, he set up a lab of PCs, like really, really early in the scene, um, and set up a lab of Acorn Archimedes. In school, got a, particularly boarding school, got a lot of chance to, to write and experiment with code, um, created a few games, even sold one or two of them. So my first job, my first real job, was doing bar work. And then I sold computer hardware um, and did reasonably well at that. And then I went to work for that uh, great big multinational Fujitsu, providing 
second and third level technical support. And then one day a job came up for a, a junior developer and uh, both myself and a supervisor applied for the job and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this because, you know, my supervisor had management experience, he was had gone to uni, you name it, he had it all over me. And I don't know what he did in his interview, but he apparently flounced it to the point where I got the job. When Redify first began, it was called Monash.net and a large proportion of what Monash.net did was train people up in .NET. And at the time, the business group that I was in in Fujitsu was a big VB shop. You know, we saw that .NET was coming and we thought, oh, cool, we'll jump on that bandwagon. So we uh, uh, called that Monash.net to give us some training. And uh, Dan Green, the technical director at the time, came out. I watched Dan Green do his training thing and I thought, that just the coolest job ever. Fast forward about six months and uh, Dan says there's an offering, uh, sorry, a, a job opening at Redify and I put my hand up and say, oh, how about me? And um, yes, the, the rest is history. Today, I gave Luke a call to talk to him about his first line of code, his many years in the industry and what he enjoys most about working at Redify. That very first year was um, especially noticeable because that was a, a very kind of high-profile customer of Microsoft trialing out um, Microsoft's new software development center idea. So where Microsoft grabs a bunch of partners and we all you know go forth and help a customer produce something. And in that case, it was uh, rewriting WebJet systems from top to bottom. In terms of uh, what the wider job consisted of, uh, you would uh, go for it was you know consulting broken up by week long bouts of training. So uh, you would have I remember my very very first training session there it was a relatively big one where we had 50 people being trained at once in one of the public training places like Clifton's and about four presenters in rotation throughout the week and yes me very very meekly on that first day in kind of I don't know pubescent voice squeakingly nervous way going and here is ASP.NET data grids, and, um, and here's how we do data binding. Is there anything in particular that you feel you learned from spending time teaching others how to work with .NET? Uh, so I can safely say that any real knowledge that I gained through .NET was courtesy of trying to tell others about it. it training others is just the absolute best way to ensure that you know a particular subject, for the most part. In terms of uh, the kind of skill set, the wider skill set, you know, all of those soft skills, um, a lot of those came through training as well. So not slaying your head into the desk with frustration as somebody tells you how much they don't like writing unit tests or something like that is a, is a good skill to have. That ability to see other people struggle with writing code and helping them overcome that would kind of teach you a lot about your own way of learning and writing. 13 years at Redify is a pretty long slog. What's kept you here? Being on, working on projects that where my attention span doesn't run out and I get bored. So that kind of forces me into consulting. To put it simply, Redify is the 
uh, best stroke, least annoying consulting company I know of. They're, within Australia, there's really only one or two other consulting companies that I would consider as being peers across the board. And uh, I, you know, there's there's never been a, a good enough reason to, to jump ship away from Redify. Um, when I first joined Redify, it was, you know, there was a dozen of us, and um, that's that's a, a, a brilliant and unique experience all by itself. And you know, fast forward a decade and a bit, and Redify is certainly a you know, an obviously a very different company with 200 plus people, but. There's a continues to this day a delightful down to earth pragmatism intelligence, you know, sitting behind everyone's eyeball. You mentioned that you had a keen interest in art growing up. What sort of connections do you see between your interests in art and your interests in technology, and how does that help you do your job? Um, so I think my point of passion, irrespective of how well I do it, is the idea of being creative, uh, you know, creating something. And whether that comes through in code or writing or drawing a picture or whatever it is, um, that's the, the thing that keeps me kind of ticking along. I, I think the primary reason why art kicked off for me was because my father was an artist. He used to do cartooning and fine art ink work from a very early age Yes, being exposed to that kind of artistic uh, lifestyle was was probably an easy <laughs> an easy way to to indicate why why where my passions came from. I, I think it really does come down to a you know the, the Sesame Street chant of using your imagination. Uh, it's um, that that's what I really enjoy. And the other thing which is going to sound really really quite surreal is. My brain has never gotten away from the idea of code being a anthropomorphic living sort of entity. It's it's a it's very much that kind of artistic, once again, feedback cycle of creating something and seeing it do its thing and going, That is that is very cool. <laughs> yeah, and I do I draw a lot of parallels between that abstract space, which is, I think you used the word imagination. You basically got a white piece of paper or an empty command prompt and you, you start from there and you end up with something from nothing. Um, exactly, yep. I've seen you present a couple of times, um, both in the flesh at Redify events and also on YouTube. You have a really interesting approach to coming up with your ideas and sharing them. What's behind that? I regularly get really despondent with a lot of presenters, <laughs> which is not to say that they don't have reasons to get really despondent with me, but I see a lot of presentations that just leave me going, oh, you had such a cool subject and you could have done so many interesting things with it. And instead you gave me a PowerPoint deck where you're reading bullet points in an insane monotone voice. And I mm. go, oh, opportunity lost. Just the idea of being able to inspire someone, particularly if it's something that they didn't, you know, have any expectation of being inspired about, um, 
one of the well, well there's there's plenty of examples um, here in Australia of presenters that I've been lucky enough to to meet and know who have taken a subject which I think most people, even within the kind of geeky IT circles, would consider a fairly mundane topic and just transform it into something spectacular, amazing, and you know, uh, and you walk away going, "Wow, I so much need to know something more about that and, and get involved with that." What is your most memorable presentation experience? Um, in terms of size and also just for something different, um, uh, during one of the, the tech ed pre- uh, conferences, um, I was lucky enough to be on the roster that got unbeknownst to a lot of IT professionals, they've got this whole um, secondary and tertiary education stream that runs on the days prior to the actual conference kicking off. And I got to stand up on stage and present about um, XMA that I was an MVP for, for for a number of years. And just getting the chance to drag some kids up on stage and do some goofy stuff and have just an uh, entire auditorium full of kids going nuts was uh, a real blast. We, you mentioned when you were a child, one of the first things you stumbled upon was a book called Basic Programming or something at the library. Um, has, has, have books played a role? Um, have you kind of written and read interesting books over the years? Um, so I wrote one. And that was, yeah, that was just purely a, a, a bucket sort of exercise, a life experience sort of thing. Um, Microsoft XNA game programming, I think. Um, and still available on, you know, Amazon and, and all of those exciting places. Um, and yeah, so, so writing a book was um, very cool, a lot more profitable than what I would have ever guessed. And, um, yes, a, a really cool life experience. In terms of reading books, so yeah, a lot of my childhood was taken up with reading just all of these amazing stories and insights about, you know, faraway places like Silicon Valley, you know, and, and these full bleed photos of, of people in, you know, level zero suits. Um, cutting silicon wafers and, and all of that sort of stuff and I thought, wow, that just rocks. Um, let's not forget Wired Magazine and, uh, and Classic. And, well, in my case, a lot of 8-bit magazines because I had a fetish for those sort of things. I remember those gaming magazines and those hardware magazines. You'd get a CD on the front and install something or rather. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, when when I kicked off my computer experiences in the, the mid-80s, um, it used to be cassette tapes taped wow. badly onto the front of magazines. Wow. Do you mean cassette tapes that you put inside a computer? Yes. Mid-80s, the, the primary uh, form of getting software in and out of your home computer was via cassette tape. Every game that I purchased for my 8-bit computer came on cassette tape, and every bit of software that I wrote, I saved to cassette tape. Oh, man. This is so cool. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much okay. for your time, and I'll um, yeah, looking forward to talking again soon. Cheers, Thanks man. Later. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, there we have it. This has been episode six of Getting to Know Our Redify Consultants with Luke Drum. I'm Khan Raja. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.